Love it. Thank you, guys. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Friends Church. Today, we're going to talk about the vision of Friends Church, what we're trying to do. But first, we're going to ask the question, why? And to do that, I want to back up. I was just, my family, my dad lives in Manitoba, and so I flew back. I try and go back once a year to see him. So I go pick up my dad to go and spend the day with him, and as we're going out, he's an old man, so he has to check his mail. I don't know why, but... We walked by his mail, he's got to check his mail, and he pulls out an envelope, and he looks at it, and then he goes, huh, and shoves it back in, and then closes it. Like, Dad, what's that all about? He says, oh, it's for my doctor. Okay, like I'm the son here, so I'm thinking, huh. I was like, well, what's it say? He says, well, they say I have multiple myeloma cancer. My mom died of multiple myeloma cancer. And my dad just says, I think I have multiple myeloma cancer. And then he walks by me to go to the car, and I'm like, whoa. You ever have those moments where you're like, the world shouldn't be this way? There's something not right here. My mom dying of cancer, I get it. My mom dying of multiple myeloma cancer, I get it. My dad getting the exact same cancer. Like, what is going on in this world? Now, that's just mine. But I look through the crowd here, and I know some of your stories. I know some of the moments where you're going, it, this just shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be this way. So we widen it out. You know, I know stories of our families, of the people around us, the people close to us. We're going, is this the way the world should be? I was thinking the other day, two wars concurrently this year. Like, what the hell is going on? Now, this idea that the world, there's just something in the world where you look around and go, it, there's something not right. There's something not. It, it. Our spiritual ancestors wrestled with this. Now, at the time, they thought of it through this very particular spiritual story. They said there's the forces of good, their conception of God and the forces of good over here and the forces of evil and the devil over here. We talked about this a while ago. The reason my dad got cancer is because the forces of evil are kind of winning. When you look around, sometimes you hear these stories, you're like, yeah, that's not good. That story, that conceptualization, it makes a lot of sense. And they said, there's going to be a time, and this is the word that uses apocalypse. I know apocalypse means bad things, but in their mind, it meant fundamental change, kairos, like uh, paradigmatic shift. They called it the kingdom come. There's going to be a moment where good breaks through, takes over the world, and things will be as they should. Sickness, gone. Evil people, gone. Hurt, suffering, even death, gone. 
their minds, that process started in the story of Jesus. But that was their conception. Then really bad things happened to them, like traumatic things, like the Israel story has been going on for thousands of years. And they had another horrible one, and so they went, wait a second, what's going on? So when you hear Jesus praying, it's in this context of a way of seeing bad things happen. My dad gets cancer. That's because the devil and the evil spirits are like winning. But there will be a time when that gets changed. And this is how Jesus prays. Can you throw it up on the screen for me? May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer. What it means is, The world isn't awesome. Cancer sucks. War sucks. Bad things happening to good people sucks. But someday, the world will be like heaven, where there's no more death, there's no more sickness. Everything will be as it should. But he says it's not happening now. You ever had a moment where you felt a moment of heaven on earth? Uh, a couple of years ago, I had this crappy old truck. It's back behind our condo. Middle of the night, someone throws a rock through the window, opens it up. It's full of dirt biking gear. And they steal everything. Thousands of dollars of my dirt bike gear. It was really stinky dirt bike gear, so I hope that it stunk their houses up and whoever stole it. I actually found part of it thrown in a valley like 10 blocks away. But they stole all my dirt bike gear. I was furious. And it's, it's deeper than some idiot stole my crap out of my truck. It's the thing that helps my mental health. Going to the mountains, going as hard as I can on my dirt bike. That just... Like, I'm a better human being after that. So I was like, oh, now what do I do? All my gear's gone. So I go to GW Cycle, Trudy, it's my favorite dirt bike gear store. I buy everything I can there. I go in. She happens to have the motocross boots I have. I have ungodly big feet. It's not easy finding motorcycle boots for them. She happens to have them. She has a, a body protector, so you wear, so if you get hit by something or if you hit a tree, it, hopefully you don't break as much. It's positive. And I, and I go to the till, and Trudy's there, and, and I say, okay, Trudy, I'll take this. And she says, it's free. I'm like, what do you mean it's free? She's like, it's free. This is from the Dirt Muppets. Now, the Dirt Muppets are my stinky, dirty crew of guys I bike with. They found out my gear got stolen. They took a collection of money and sent it to Trudy and said, whatever he comes in to buy his gear, it's on us. I am just like... (laughs) We make fun of each other. We We live together. And for them to do that, for me, like heaven on earth... There's a moment where I'm going, I want you all to have dirt muppets in your life. Whatever you need, they're there and they're going, hey, whatever you need, we're here. 
In Jesus' language, we say heaven on earth. People, and, and this is what happened. After the Jesus moment, they said Jesus is going to be this thing where it's going to apocalypse. They're going, well, no, that didn't happen. So what if, what if there's this idea that the divine lives in all of us, in the dirt muppets, and the divine becomes a presence in our lives in these moments? They bring money to me and say, we'll buy your dirt bike gear for you. That's the technical language for this. The presence of the divine in me becomes the presence, or the spark of the divine in me becomes the presence of the divine in you. We call it something simpler because that was a long explanation to say. We call it taking water. It's those things that happen in the world that make heaven on earth. Those dirt muppets took water to me in a way that still, like you can tell, I can't even tell the stupid story without getting emotional about it. Those guys, like, anything that we have in our lives that we can give to somebody else intentionally that makes the world a bit better, that's water. And why? Because we want to make heaven on earth. That's the evolution in the story. Our spiritual ancestors said, wait, this whole moment didn't happen the way we expected. So what if each and every one of us taking water in our worlds, what if we lived that out? What if we made heaven on earth for the people around us? That's why we talk about taking water. Now, I was reading, uh, do you guys know John Verveke, uh, philosopher, cognitive science? <laughs> Actually, I think you put me on to him. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Perkins. Yeah, he's, he kind of follows the evolution of how we develop as humans. And at one point, he says there's this crazy change. It's right around the Jesus era. He says, we understand the word agape. It's a Greek word. In English, we translate it love, but it in English, we only have one word for love. In Greek, they have four plus. And agape isn't love like, you know, oh, I love my wife. That's not what agape is. Agape is giving to somebody something before they've earned it. Does that not sound a lot like something that my dirt Muppet buddies did? It's taking water. I've been looking through the biblical texts, looking at love, agape, through the lens of taking water. And I came to a famous passage that I want us to just sit with for a minute. It's a passage you've probably heard at weddings. I've translated it differently because instead of using love, you're thinking romantic love. That's phileo. I want it to be through agape, so I translated it through the lens of taking water. I want to read it to you. If I could speak all the language of the earth and of angels, but I didn't take water, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't take water, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't see my ability to take water, I would have gained nothing. Taking water needs patience and kindness. 
taking water cannot be jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not reject about injustice but, uh, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Taking water never gives up, never loses commitment, is always helpful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but the improvement to the fate of the entire world through people taking water will last forever. That's taking water. Like like reading it through that lens, there's some weight to that, isn't there? We do it to create heaven on earth to make this world the way we want. It didn't happen in an apocalypse, but it, maybe it's gonna happen in the moments of you and I doing something for the people around us. The first time I heard that, my thought was, well, what the heck can I give? Like, you know, Israel-Hamas war, like, what do I got here? There's a story that Jesus tells, or actually was told about Jesus. I'll tell it in a particular way. It's a story about a little kid. Kid uh, gets up in the morning. Uh, I assume his mom packed his lunch because my mom packed my lunch. My dad would go to work. My mom would pack my lunch. So he packs his lunch, some loaves and some fishes. Puts them in his little thing. He trots off, goes to see Jesus. Jesus is preaching. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, natural amphitheater, how I picture it. And at one point, Jesus walks up to this little kid and says, hey, would you be interested in sharing your lunch? Kid's like, Jesus opens it up and starts passing it around. Everyone takes a little bit, eats, and passes it to the next person. Story reads, there's over 5,000 people there. His little lunch gets passed to every one of them. And somehow it never runs out. His little thing, the little lunch he had to offer, was enough to change it for everyone. I have no clue if that story actually happened. But the truth of that, that sometimes the very little thing that each and every one of us can offer, the water that we have, gets somehow multiplied in ways that we don't even understand. Could it be that the little thing, the little water you have, is the very thing that everyone around needs? Could it be that that water is the thing that will be multiplied into something that will change the world? Could it be? As soon as we start talking about water, Two questions we ask. What is water? Who gets the water? So my friend church used it. We had this whole story about it. Who gets the water? We use the language we. Alessandra talked about it. It's often easy to take water to the people I love, the people I like, the people I know. We call it we, who the people whose, whose lives and whose pain and whose joy and whose suffering we feel is part of us. That same story of the little kid passes around his loaves and fishes, feeds 5,000. 
Let me take the story and tell it from the other point of view. Jesus is up talking, finishes talking. His students, 12 of them, <laughs> they're kind of like in the story, especially in, in the writings of a guy we call Mark, they're kind of like the bumbling idiots that, you know, don't be like these guys. They, they get together and they're like, well, we've been out here for a long time and we're in the middle of nowhere and we're pretty hungry. So we should get some food. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's get some food. So they go talk to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we should go get some food. And Jesus stops them and says, who are you thinking about right now? They're like, uh, we're hungry? He's like, there's 5,000 people who are all sitting right there thinking any of those are hungry? I don't know. We weren't thinking about them. That's when Jesus goes down and finds the kid with some fish and some bread and passes it around and feeds everybody. I don't know if this story happened, but there's truth there, isn't there? How often do we want to take water to the people like us? The people we have a soft heart for. Someone needs some dirt bike gear? Oh, that is important. I will donate to that all day long. <laughs> I, noticed, <laughs> I noticed my we, how my niece was in town um, last weekend, and they have this thing called Irish dance. There's a whole culture behind it. There's like industries, and okay, you've, I, I didn't know this. I became a dance uncle. Um, basically, you sit there, and there's a million people dancing, and then I could, my niece, the, she, her number gets called, it's pandemonium, and, then also she's, and I'm like, oh, wait. And then she gets up on stage, and she has this kind of, she stands funny, I can't do it, but she stands funny, like in a dance thing. And then this, she comes up, and then the song starts, and she puts her toe out, and I'm like, <gasps> I have spent two hours not giving a rat's butt about any of those little kids. Oh, actually, there's a little boy in there that I was cheering for. I was like, yeah, buddy. There's like 2,000 girls and one little boy. So I was like, yeah, you know, solidarity, right? I have a sense of we with him, right? When my niece comes up, I'm like, <gasps> she starts her first moves, and I'm like, you know, I don't even know the dance. I don't even know what's going on, but I can feel it. Every moment, I'm like, <gasps> okay, oh, she got okay, she did. Oh, yeah, okay, wait, the girl just edged her out. Screw her, you know, and I'm like, oh, the, I'm feeling this whole dance. My little niece, like, I can feel it in my body. My we is so connected to her that it's like her dance somehow is connected to me. Every parent in the room knows this moment. What about the rest of those kids? Did my we include them? They were like wallpaper to me. Who is included in your we? It's a good Samaritan story. Jesus, someone gets mugged. Two people walk by. These people's we should have included that mugged person. They walk by and ignore him. The person who walks up who says, my we should not include you. Your group's my enemy. Story goes, that person takes the mugged person and takes care of him. It's a story about who is our we. That's what Jesus is trying to explore. 
So when we look at Friend Church, when we look at what it is we're trying to do and why we do it, the why is heaven on earth. It's, it's going to take a miracle for you to solve like world wars, but if all of us are doing, we believe there's actually enough power for each and every one of us to change the world. Sometimes it'll be through miraculous stuff. Who knows? But it's the moment. It's every little moment where you hand someone a dirt mop. It comes to you and says, I will buy your gear because I care about you. To make this happen, we have to ask two questions. What is your water? First one. What is it in you, through you, that you could use intentionally to make the world around you a better place? Time. We just, um, we went to, we cleaned, a couple weeks ago at Water Sunday, we went and cleaned um, in from the cold. We cleaned their whole dining room area. It's a shelter for women escaping violence. With even little kids, they were like washing underneath tables. I was thinking slave, you know, child labor, is that good? But it's for a good cause. They were into it. They were underneath scraping gum. Time. It's not like I had some magical skill to like wash a wall. I had time. We had a group who can make spaces feel like home. It's not a skill I have. They went to another women's shelter, set up apartments. Made the apartments feel like home for new families who are moving into short-term shelters. They're there for a couple months. Have somebody go from, I've, been, I've escaped my home, I have no place to live, I come to a shelter, and this place is beautiful. It feels warm and loving. That's what they did. Their skill? Creating spaces that feel homey. Some of us have talents. We have education. Some of us even have luck. I was born with a certain kind of brain that worked really good at school, and so school was always easy for me. Luck. It's nothing to do with me. I just lucked out and got a brain that worked the way the testers worked. For those of you who didn't, I'm sorry. The testing is crap. It's luck. How can I use that for the people around me? You have strengths. You have weaknesses that you can share to make people feel cared for. You have a smile. You have resources. All of it can be used to take water. You just look around you and go like, hey, what can I do to that person? What can I do for that person? What would they need? They need a hug. I can do that. Well, actually, I'm kind of crappy at those, but whatever. I'm working on those. (laughs) What is your water? As you leave today, I want that in your head. What is something I can do that I have the skills for, that I have the amount for, that I have the capacity for to make somebody around me's life a little bit better? And then the second question is, Who's it for? Who's the we? Who do I care about? My niece and that single little kid dancer? Yeah, they were in my we. Oftentimes, it's people like us. The reason when I write up water uh, opportunities, if you go to our website, you look at um, opportunities, water opportunities, you'll see all these lists of different places you guys can give. Sometimes it's volunteering, sometimes it's donating. It's making someone's life better. I always put a little bit of a blurb in there to say, oh, I feel connected to that person. They're in my we. I'm trying to make it easy for you. Who's your we? 
who do you naturally give to? Okay, so maybe your family or maybe not your family. Maybe your family are horrible, whatever. Often it's people like us. People who go through stuff that we go through. People who look like us. That's the natural we. That's good. There's no, there's no downside. Take water to those people. It will create heaven on earth. But if you're willing to go one step further, the ninja level is this. Realize that you can set who is in your we. There's a spiritual practice that opens yourself up and says, that person, those other dancers on the stage who are not my niece, what if I cared for them? What if I cheered for them like I do for her? Look around you and say, who could you expand your we to include? Who could I take water to that doesn't look just like me? The spiritual, kind of like ninja level spirituality of expanding your we. A lot of what we're doing is doing that. This disagreeing beautifully, what we're trying to do is we're trying to push our we's out to include more and more people. So, two questions. What's your water? And who's the we? Who can you give it to? Our belief, our profound belief, is that when we take water, we create heaven on earth. You want to know what we're about? You want to know what we're trying to inspire you to? It's that very practice, creating heaven on earth. If you're like me, chances are I forget this sometimes. I get caught up in busyness. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Go to our weekly email. You're going to see this message. Put a reminder to have you watch it again in six months. Be like, okay, what was that again? Something about something? Oh, yeah, water. We. If someone asks you, hey, why are you into spirituality? That's weird. That's dumb. We're science people. Be like, huh, actually, take a listen to this. This is what we're trying to accomplish. We are trying to do no less than make heaven on earth. Take a deep breath. That's what Friend Church is all about. That's why I'm proud to be Friend Church. The band has a song it sounds like, oh, French Church made this up. Yeah, we're so smart. No. <laughs> Other people have built this. I want to hear this same message in new words. Before they start, if you can, if you know any of the words, sing along. Let the sound of your own voice resonate your heart to say, yes, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. Amen. See you at the lunch after.